this is Cold War Conversations. If you're new here, you've come to the right place to listen to first-hand Cold War history accounts. Do make sure you follow us in your podcast app or join our emailing list at coldwarconversations.com. Welcome to episode 22 of Cold War Conversations. And we're talking about East German cars with Alex Goff and Mark Malarkey of the UK-based Wartburg Trabant IFA Club. Now, before we start, I would again like to thank all those that are supporting the podcast with monthly pledges via Patreon. It is very much appreciated and will allow us to expand the scope of the podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast further and get access to some exclusive extras, then go to our website at coldwarconversations.com and use the Patreon link on the homepage. Now, I don't think Top Gear or Jeremy Clarkson, etc. will have anything to worry about, but I hope you enjoy our chat about the Travi and the ride I took through the Staffordshire countryside in Alex's Trabant. I am delighted to welcome Alex and Mark. So, guys, what what started your interest in uh, East German cars? Ooh, I think for me it was um, sort of holidays to Germany and, and Berlin and sort of looking at the history and seeing the, the history there. And, and stalking me around the car shows. <laughs> and I, I was kind of stalking Mark around the car shows and, and had seen Trabants in the UK. Um, and suddenly decided that um, I really needed one, and um, yeah, eBay was the way forward. And <laughs> uh, purchased one, late night purchase, and uh, uh, it arrived and uh, fell in love ever since. So you bought it off eBay? eBay, yeah. Wow. Sight unseen? Uh, yeah, completely unseen. Um, it was an import from Hungary, so the seller um, had brought it across from Hungary, um, and uh, yeah, it, it arrived on my drive, and I sort of had to figure out what to do from then onwards. <laughs> Mark, can you come and fix it? <laughs> uh, just interesting. How much is a if if somebody wanted to buy a Trabant? How much would that be? I, th- I think the prices have varied so yeah. much now. Um, the, there was a standard, sort of the import standard price was about one thousand two hundred, yeah. but they've, they've you know, dropped again, haven't they? They've, they've dropped. And I understand you've also got a moped. Or a, am I am I calling it wrong? No, no, you're absolutely right. So, so I've also got a um, a Simpson Schwabel um, moped, which was the iconic um, East German um, moped. Um, in, in, a, in a lovely shade of red um, and, and that's uh, also a two-stroke motor 59cc uh, it's four speed um, so um, sort of within the power band and, and sort of speed you can imagine how many gear changes you have to do but uh, yeah it's a fantastic bit of kit and, and sort of um, goes you know well with the with, with the Trabant as well right and uh, Mark tell us uh, what you've got um, where do I start um, I've got a 1986 Trabant Saloon, um, previously um, ex-military police staff car dash mascot really in Berlin, um, which is well, I think, we think maybe one of two, but well we know it's one of two, but the other one's in a museum in East Germany, and mine's we know is the only one running. Um, we've also got a Java Better um, pedal and pop moped as well. Which is what year is that? Eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. 
Uh, which is obviously Czechoslovakian, not um, East German. Still Cold War, I'm yeah. interested, so we're not exclusively East <laughs> um, German on this show. And, and depends where the missus is, if she is this. Um, there's a Zil 131 troop carrier as well, which is a rather large Russian monster, isn't it? It's a 9.7 V8 petrol. There's about four to the gallon, so it never actually leaves the farm. Wow. To do run to the petrol station at back is about 45 quid. So what is that, some big heavy-duty... Uh, big 6b6, um, well, go-anywhere vehicle, isn't it? A troop carrier. Yeah. So the nothing is actually registered as a bus. <laughs> so I can drive it on my licence, which is quite good. Mark, Mark's interest goes um, beyond healthy, I think. Yeah. <laughs> if I could buy East German streetlights, I would actually buy them, wouldn't I? But there's some in Hinstock in Shropshire. For no apparent reason, there's one little side road that's got the East German like teardrop alien streetlights. Now, there's not many people that would notice no. that, but I, I am suitably impressed by that uh, <laughs> and that knowledge. Can we uh, have a look at the Trabby? Yeah, yeah, of course. So we're just going to uh, have a look at Alex's um, Trabby here, which is a remind me what sort um, this is. This is the. Um, combi so almost like the estate version right okay in uh, delightful papyrus white i think you call that's it. that's the one that's the official um color of it hearing a beige, beige is, is the english, is the english version of it. <laughs> um but so yeah so so we, we, we've just um, popped the, uh, the okay yeah so um this is the this is the fuel tank um, this is the fuel gauge, which is a lovely plastic um, right. dipstick. So as you said, there's no actual fuel gauge on the dashboard. Uh, you were built with fuel gauges, but it was quite an expensive exit, right. wasn't it? Um, this is the um, two-stroke engine. Yeah. And uh, the sort of uh, air intake for it. And um, this is the um, sort of heating um, exchange unit for yeah. giving you um, draft heating, isn't it? Yeah, um, which is a bizarre way it, it's done, isn't it? It just sort of looks like there's loads missing. It does. <laughs> <laughs> like, it looks is, like there's only half a car no here. I'm here. I, I will be taking some photos, <laughs> so I will add these to the um, the show notes on this. But it, it does look decidedly sparse. Yeah, but the engine and gearbox are not far off the size of a standard engine, are they? No, and. Especially at the shows, and Pete, you've got a bonnet up, and people looking like, oh, where's the rest of it? Yeah. And that is probably one of the most common things, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But they and are so simple. Though. Yeah. And this is the manufacturer's plate. Yep, so here. as you can see, made in uh, German Democratic Republic, um, Veb Saxon Ring, um, automobile work Zikau, uh, and uh, yeah, it's this is a, um, a Trabant P601K. And you are number, what's that, 4,700,000, no. Uh, four, seven, what's Yeah, 4,758,799. Nine, nine. Nine, nine. And then you've got your, your chassis plate there, and also yeah. your manufacturer's date yeah. is always stamped into the bulkhead, so 06-1990. Oh, okay. yeah. um, but let's say mechanically they are simple, but one thing you do notice with a lot of parts on it will always say made in in English right because it was easier to do it in English for a lot of company, countries it was exported to in yeah. the Eastern European Union for them to understand yeah because you know you go from German to Poland yeah. to Hungary nobody yeah. can understand each other but generally everyone had a basic understanding of English yeah um, so you always find it'll always say made in but it'll always be made in the German Democratic Republic 
and it's one of those silly little quirks that you notice when you own them isn't it yeah um, but I think what, one, one of the big myths of um, Trabants is actually what they're made of um, so I think lots of people were under the impression it's actually made of cardboard well, it's um, cotton wool which is probably worse than the cardboard jokes, isn't it? Co- it's, it's actually made of cotton and resin. Cotton. So what if that's not metal? No. no. It's cotton and resin. Oh, you haven't got. Oh. But yeah, so it's, it's cotton and cotton and resin. There are metal panels on these, and it's right. got a metal frame. But uh, yeah, th- this is cotton and resin, and okay. they were made in big presses, basically. Yeah. Um, and I, I think the sort of you know um, the sort of rule was that if you if you need a replacement door, um, it will not fit your Trabant out the box. You're gonna have to modify it a little bit because um, basically every part was 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 hand fitted. Um, yeah. The silly thing like the door gaps uh, was a man with a grinder. But how right. new was that grinding wheel? So you'd end yeah. up, if it was an old grinding wheel, have a little door gap. If it was a brand <laughs> new one, he'd have a huge door gap. And wow. you actually look at some of the factory processes trying yeah. to get the doors lined up. Yeah. It's almost as good as British Leyland with the minis. Yeah. Just get a big hammer, and if it didn't quite fit, put a piece of wood behind it, hit it even harder. Oh, look, it fits. And, uh, and that was Brilliant. the engineering of them. Brilliant. But and it does that make it lighter as well? Is this a really light... It's very, very light. Right. But it was also mostly... Um, what's the word I'm trying to think of recycled material yeah so it was a lot cheaper to build not necessarily the fastest process or the cleanest process yeah but it was easy and cheap so it's like fiberglass yeah just with cotton wool yeah um which is which is a nice thing it's it's quirky and how resilient is is that i mean in is do you leave this outdoors or is this in a garage normally this is this is now garaged um but it it was it was outdoors i think most of them do spend their lives outdoors um i think the the sort of what what sort of goes on the on the travis is sort of the sometimes the the metal work around it around sort of like the sills Mm -hmm. um and you know sort of the the roofs as well so basically along along the sort of trim of the roof is a is a a sort of metal metal rail yeah um and, and they have a tendency to um, to, to go as well if they're not properly manta- uh, maintained but, but the 30 year old cars exactly you buy any 30 year old car yeah you're generally going to find yeah you know there's rotting um, and issues with them you can yeah. go and buy a 30 year old Ford it's going to have probably the same issues it's I think that's the thing isn't it it's, yeah you kind of forget sometimes that they are old cars and you, they're going to need work continuously. You, you don't buy a classic car hoping yeah. it's going to work yeah. perfectly yeah. forever, do you? Yeah. Like a modern car. Yeah. But I, I think because the design of these hasn't changed for, for for a massive number of years, that you know this this 1990 example is just, is very similar to what you'd have from a, from an earlier model. Um, you know, the only sort of major changes they really did was around the sort of the, the electronics. They went from six volt to twelve volt. Right, um, and very uh, slight changes in body design, but it's generally always kept the sort of style with it. Yeah, uh, from yeah. you know, from the sixties yeah. onwards. Nothing I would notice, but to yeah. you experts, yeah. the, the earlier ones uh, <laughs> a lot more curvy, aren't they? they? Look very, very cute and petite. Right, um, but they did become yeah. a little bit more yeah. boxy, didn't yeah. they? Like yeah. you know. With, with the P601s. Yeah, I was surprised when you were talking earlier that you said that the Mini was exported to East Germany. Yeah, there was, there's quite a few bizarre ones that were, were exported to East Germany from, I think one of them was like some of the, uh, some of the Walsleys were exported, Minis, there's, and there's such a bizarre list and I, I really wish I got it with me. 
because it is such an unusual list of cars yeah that if you find it drop me oh, definitely. I'd, I'd be really interested yeah. to know because it, it it seems bizarre that particularly with the hard currency problems they had that they would be bringing in those sort of cars they yeah. get the volvos and the big yeah. you know the politburo you know but runabouts there was i put it up ages ago do you remember mm, put fine. up on our face uh, facebook club uh, group there's um i'll drop it in here there's um we've got our own um club for uh, facebook page for the club haven't we which is um, uh, native east german vehicles is yep. the one to search isn't it um but we've also got one which is um supporters of the uh, Wartburg and Trapank Club UK, yep. which is generally the one we all use, even as club. It's not a club website, but it's yeah. su- obviously the supporters yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, and that's a brilliant site to go yeah. on. If you have got interesting cars or you just want to have a look at some yeah. photos, yeah. go on there because there's everything from videos, photos, uh, like me last night putting up loads of photos from... You well, know, I saw your video of your latest run out in the Peak District, it looked like. Yeah, or, so... Um, um, a bit, bit, bit of a, was that yours or not? No, I wasn't there at that one. Oh, I, I was no, cruising I, around I, Italy at the I, time. I was, I was <laughs> partly there. But it's uh, yeah, a bit, bit of a plug, really, for the club, because we, um, we we host um, rallies throughout the year. Mm-hmm. We um, So we, we've just had one at Foxfield in, in Stoke-on-Trent in Staffordshire, Foxfield Railway, um, where we sort of um, have, a, have a show day, which is normally the Sunday, where um, and it's free, people can come along and see the vehicles, mm-hmm. and then, you know, enjoy the you know the, the sort of the railway um, but on the Saturday we have a road run um, and that's normally through the sort of, um, sort of peak districts and, and we'll, we'll sort of have a, a leisure, uh, you know a leisurely drive out we'll, we'll go for lunch um, but it's a great opportunity to give these cars and, and we have a you know a, a, a sort of varied collection of Trabants and, and um, Wartburgs and Barkuses mm. uh, which are the biggest German vans. Hi this is Rhonda in Virginia and I support Cold War conversations because I think the work that Ian is doing is critically important. I think it's vital to record the firsthand accounts of people who lived and experienced the Cold War uh, because it illustrates history in a way that a book never can. So thank you so much for the podcast. It's my favorite podcast, and I look forward to it every week. To be like Rhonda and help to preserve these incredible stories of the Cold War, as a monthly or annual supporter, you'll be able to listen ad-free, you'll become one of our community, get the sought-after Cold War Conversations drinks coaster as a thank you, and you'll bask in the warm glow of knowing that you're helping to preserve Cold War history. Just go to coldwarconversations.com slash donate to find out more. Um, motorbikes, MZ motorbikes, we, yeah. we sort of um, do lots with the, with the MZ club as well. Um, and it, it, it's a, a fantastic opportunity um, for us to take the vehicles out, but also a great opportunity for people to see these vehicles. And um, you know, some people may never have seen a Trabant outside of you know the holiday to Germany or, or wherever, or they've seen it in the in the museum in Berlin or the museum at Cosford, for example, RF Cosford in, um, in Shropshire, where there's a Trabant. Um, so it's it's a great it's a great opportunity. But we do we do open it up to all other Eastern European car clubs as well. Yeah. So you, you'll have the Yugo owners. Um, Larder, Larder, yeah. Polsky Fiat. Yeah. Fiat. I mean, and, well, from even the big Russian trucks as well, like the Gazes, the Uazes, yeah. Zills. Any yeah. anybody with yeah. an Eastern European yeah. vehicle is yeah. very welcome yeah. to come, and we always have have just anybody who's got Eastern yeah. European cars, bikes, lorries, yeah. vans, yeah. buses. Yeah. This year had um, a Hungarian-built bus, um, a Icarus. Yeah. Uh, come to the show this year yeah. which I was yeah. very peed off about because it's one bus I want to go and have a play with <laughs> um, but we do have a bit of everything yeah. from military as well to just 
you know, obviously the normal civilian cars. Yeah. And it's it's always a good weekend. Yeah. You know, beer, food, cars. You can't go wrong, can you? And, and it's open. So even if you even if you've just got an interest in these vehicles, you can come along. You can spend the weekend. Um, you know, with, with the club um, and, and sort of enjoy the vehicles and yeah. enjoy sort of you know the, the talk always goes to sort of um, you know everything from from politics to vehicles to food. Yeah. It's it's very yeah. um, you know varied. Well, I'll definitely add a link in the show notes to the uh, the site, and uh, you're tempting me more to come along. I'm not sure I'd go for the vehicle, well, but I might come along <laughs> to a weekend definitely. as a taster. Well, next next weekend. Um, uh, between 10 15 vehicles with a mix yeah. of um, East German camping displays to military vehicles, now that, that's motorbikes. Because that, that was one thing I was going to ask you about. Because obviously, I'm aware of people doing the whole military reenactment yeah. and stuff like that. So, there are people who do the whole East German camping reenactment. Oh, that, that, that's me, yeah. From, from the huge trailer tents to you know, and, and how far do you the, take that authenticity? Do you as far you, as the as as far as I physically can, can't I? Even down to the East German parasol, which everybody hates with those vile red flowers over it. Um, but even it, the curtains have to be original. But there's this big <laughs> resurgence of retro camping now. So yeah, this, yeah. This, this kind of fits in. This, you know, the stuff that Mark does it kind of fits in well with um, with that sort of um, you know resurgence of it. In previous years, we've had huge um, East German and Russian border displays. Yeah. Um, to what a hundred hundred foot barbed wire fence being erected in the middle of a field with the east and the west yeah, yeah. Uh, checkpoints, all the soldiers there. Yeah. I, mean, I saw a watchtower on one of them or something. Yeah, did, yeah, we do go half height watchtower. Or... That'd be war and peace. Yeah. yeah, but we do go to insane lengths with some of the military yeah, yeah. displays. Yeah. Um, so we are now uh, sitting in uh, Alex's Trabby. We're about to go for a uh, spin. Uh, I'm not sure what that was. What oh, was it's that? me moving the side. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, looking, just looking at the dashboard, um, rudimentary would probably be an understatement um, as to what what have you actually got there? Speedometer, so mileage. We've got a uh, speedometer, which um, obviously does your, your trip. It's got a trip computer on as well, or a trip per needle. Um, you've got the uh, mileage of the um, of the car. Um, you've got here, which is a fuel flow sensor. Um, I, I've, I've disconnected mine because they tend to have a, or mine certainly leaked a little bit. But what what that does is tells you um, how much fuel is flowing to the um, carburetor. Um, so if you if you've got your foot down, and you're going uphill. It goes into the red, so you kind of need to back off and let it have a bit more fuel. And then um, from a switch's point of view, you've got your um, hazard light switch, um, you've got your indicators, um, your gear change is on the steering column, a bit like an American car. Yeah. Um, you've got lights, um, so side lights and main lights, you've got your full beam on the indicator stalk, um, and you've also got your um, windscreen wipers and washer bottle as well. So it has actually got... Um, um, sort of spray jets um, for, your, for your windscreen, which is um, and the other thing to remember. Height of luxury, yeah, yeah, West, Western yeah. decadence. <laughs> and the other thing to remember: um, everything's in kilometres as well. Um, right. There's no miles an hour on the speedo, which you, like Alex has got a little sticker on the window that says that you know the conversion, conversion. rate. Right. Um, I memorised it within the first five minutes going down the road of buying it because of the amount of speed cameras down there. <laughs> um, but that's one thing you always got to try and remember: is obviously kilometres, not and, miles. And what are those? Uh, oh, sorry. So down, down here, so there. this is your fuel switch. So you have a um, a main tank and a uh, reserve tank. 
and um, next to it is your um, heating control so your hot air your cool air and whether you you're having the air forced um, to the floor of the car or whether you're having it blowing across your windscreen for um, sort of demisting in the winter okay um, but um, I mean the heat the heating is quite good in the Trabant yeah, uh, because get, it's it gets uh, as hot yeah. as the engine because yeah. the heat uh, originates around the engine then gets blown right. through a load of tubes and then up in yeah. so especially in the winter the faster you go the hotter it gets which is not necessarily a great idea in the snow sometimes, but it does work. Yeah, <laughs> and I presume the cooling is not brilliant. Open, open the window. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the thing every, because it's obviously it's um, an air-cooled two-stroke, yeah. so you, you've got to be travelling to cool the engine anyway. Yeah. Um, but the cool air pipe goes right above the engine. So any nice cool air that was outside that's coming yeah. in is now heated up. Brilliant. <laughs> and gets even warmer as it comes in, so it is windows. Brilliant. Okay. And well, there's a choke down here, so I'm going to sort of uh, okay. ease the choke out a little bit. Yeah. And see if we can crank it again. In. Almost on the first plane. Uh, one thing you find is that they no two Trabants will ever sound the same. Like uh, mine is very, very, very heavy with the you know the typical two-stroke ning, 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 ning noise. But then, like Alex's, is more of a purr than it is that traditional yeah. two-stroke noise. But you will never find one that sounds the same. They all sing differently. Yeah, even if you've got two brand new engines, two new exhaust systems, they, yeah. they would sound completely yeah. and utterly different. Yeah. It's a very, very yeah. unique thing with, with the Travis. You think yeah. it'd be similar, but no. Yeah. Right, we're off. We're moving now. Just negotiating a speed hump as we come out the car park here at a massive 10 miles an hour. I'm assuming that is telling me miles per hour that indicates yeah, so, uh, This has the uh, additional option of a GPS speedometer in miles per hour as well. So uh, uh, this was a, a, an Amazon aftermarket edition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wasn't expecting a made in the German Democratic Republic uh, on that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it, I mean, they, they pull well. Um, yeah. You know, it's, we, we've got up to sort of um, speed quite, um, quite well. The ride's a little bumpy, but um, no, that's, that's all part of the fun. That's not, no, I'm not complaining about the ride. Good. Well, one thing you found with the tra uh, Trabi as well, but... Um, I've, I've had experience with uh, quite a few race cars that have been very, you know, very heavily modified with very heavy suspension. Yeah. Um, and but the truck has still got that firmness of, you know, kind of half half race car, half domesticated car. But you can throw them round corners like a race car could. Yeah. Um, and they don't really roll. Uh, the handling is fantastic. You've just got to have the you know, the, the up and go and the balls to do it yeah. sometimes, to really chuck yeah. them about. We're now at uh, almost 50 miles an hour. Um, the background noise is mainly wind rather than engine, uh, engine noise as we've got the windows open, otherwise we'd be frying in here. Obviously, the uh, the dumb thing when you're driving a trabby. Oh, it's a 
yeah. just uh, oh look another one yeah whether it's a trappy whether it's a noggy miner or a rolls royce you'll always have a little wave yeah but you do find a lot of modern cars uh, especially with the Trabants as well, you'll always have somebody peeping, waving, flashing the lights. Yeah. But it's something people aren't used to seeing. It is different, and yeah. it's not not the everyday sort of classic yeah. people are used so, to. So we're just sliding down and taking a, a bend here, and the uh, the cornering on this is better than I thought it would be, actually. There's not a great deal of roll, is there? No. So a bit of a hill climb coming up. Accelerating up past 30 miles an hour. So I see Alex, this has done 94,000 kilometres, or has that gone round? I, I suspect it's probably gone round several times. Yeah. <laughs> so what's mine? Oh, mine's on about 30,000, which is original. Yeah. And very low mileage. Right. But at the same time, that's been one of the worst things for it been low mileage it hasn't really you know everything perishes by not being used yeah um, so, so a lot of issues about the mine is lack of use over the years right. yeah I, I think some of the advice i had from a, a, a club member when i first started was, was to make sure that you actually use the vehicle don't leave it standing and, and that and that's what causes problems with sort of brakes and um, you know all sorts of bits like that so yeah um, if you are thinking of buying a travel make sure you use it at least once a week get it out there get the brakes going uh, and, and, and most importantly enjoy it yeah well this is the weather for it absolutely Definitely. the thing is I, I don't know if Alex agrees with me that they are very much like uh, a driver's car, aren't they? Yeah. You've always got to be thinking about it because being the two-stroke motor, um, like a lot of motorbikes, if you if you if you come off the accelerator, the engine will start bumping and uh, banging the tree or, or blow the engine up. So when when you come off the throttle, you have to put the clutch down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so look at the Warburgs; they had three wheel built in, so come off the accelerator and it disengaged the gear. Right. Uh, Trabants don't have that, so you come off the throttle, it's still in gear and it starts pulling in it and it all yeah. uh, start, you know, breathing, so throwing a lot of back pressure. So with the Wahlberg, it was almost semi-automatic with that? You, you could, it could drive them as a semi-automatic. Right. Um, my old one, it, you could drive along and once you're in first gear and you're moving, you just come off the throttle Put it into second, throttle back down, straight into gear. Yeah. Uh, the only time really you have to put the clutch down is when it stops. Um, but say with the trap, it is more, a lot more involved in the driving style. Um, no powered steering here. No powered steering, but it's, um, as long as the steering's greased properly and everything's you know, kept yeah. well, they are very light, aren't they? Yeah. Um, so, uh, when I tow with mine, um, you think it'd be a lot heavier having so much weight in it and on the back of it. Um, it, it doesn't make any difference. Yeah. But everything's so simple, it's designed to be easy to use. Yeah. And, sorry, I did say that it hadn't got a free wheel. In fourth gear, it has 
very giddy 47 miles an hour. But we're going down a hill then, so uh, slight reduction of the engine noise. Um, but, uh, still getting a lot, a lot of wind um, noise on the microphone, so apologies for the sound quality. Interesting. 
Ben's car new off-roading. There's the only bad thing with me. I, I probably do abuse mine a bit too much. Um, Alex is very sensible with his driving. <laughs> and very calm. High praise indeed. Uh, on the opposite end of the scale where it's flat out everywhere, isn't it? problem having the slightly upgraded engine isn't it you just want to use all the power don't you you've got it there you might as well use it oh yeah, yeah. and the great so, thing is especially around the town centers as well um, because they are very 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 nippy low end yeah. so you, you, you can outdo a lot of modern cars with the, the low end speed right so you always see these people pull up the side of you you know thinking oh we'll get straight past it it's a challenge yeah, yeah. it's a challenge for a traffic <laughs> can, we, can we keep up with modern traffic? So how long have you had this one, Alex? Um, so I've had this for just under three years now. Okay. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it, it's, it's been an, you know an, an absolute uh, three years today. Three years today, eh? Because you went home and bought it after Stafford Castle show, didn't you? Ah, it's yeah. Stafford Castle show today. So yeah, for, oh, this is the three-year anniversary. Oh then. well, how yeah. that? Uh, we're doing this interview now. It's, it's, happy birthday, Trabby! Happy birthday, Trabby! But it's, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's, it's, it's been enjoyable from, from my point of view. I'm very fortunate that um, you know people like Mark are, are very mechanically minded and have, and have helped me out greatly, and, and other club members as well. Um, but it's kind of been a, an enjoyable experience in sort of uh, learning a bit more about cars and mechanics and, and fixing and. Um, all that sort of stuff yeah. as well so yeah it's, it's, it's a good journey one thing I've, I'll say is I bought mine six years ago last Friday um, I, it's like it, it's actually my calendar is Chabby uh, birthday um, but the friends that I've made through owning this as well um, I've been I've quite a few classic cars and I've had classic cars over the years and members of, member of different clubs and I'm not saying that the clubs are bad at all, but sometimes you can get very click, uh, clicky and run yeah. little groups in them. But I found with uh, the Warburg and Trabant Owners Club that if you've got a £50,000, you know, kind of vulgar, big Russian Imperial car, or a £500 Trabant, you're not treated any different. You just, you're, you're welcomed as a member, you just yeah. who you are. There's huge camaraderie, isn't there? Um, if somebody breaks down, there's everybody's yeah. there to help each other, yeah. and, and great friendships. I feel like me and Alex. Yeah. We've got a brothers in arms yeah. now. Sounds, aren't it we? sounds like true communism. It oh, is. it is. Yes. Everybody is equal. <laughs> you know, same that whatever you do, everybody looks after each other. And if somebody breaks down, somebody's always got a spare part to help you. Um, you're always there to help each other yeah. out. There's nothing more than that, is yeah. there? And enjoying ourselves. Right. And especially if you like a good drink as well, it's a great club. Oh, well, there you go. Just don't drink and drive, children. No. There we go. Oh, well, here we are, back at the uh, car park we started uh, from. Safe and sound. How do I get out? Yeah, I'm just working out how I undid my seatbelt. Now I've got to clamber out of the, uh, the back here. There we go. Oh, right. Great. Thank you. Typically, I've got the cable caught. 
there. I've been freed. It's an experience, isn't it? I'm freed. Out, I'm out. Well, that was quite a quite a ride there in the back, actually, because it does. It is a bit like being in a boat. Yeah, it, 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 it is a lot more springy in the back end of them it, than it is in the front. The front's a lot more firm, isn't it? You're in the yeah. back, you do yeah. bounce up and down. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was all we had time for. But for those of you now wanting to rush out and buy a Trabi, or maybe just to learn some more about this iconic vehicle, there's extra information in the show notes. The show notes can be found at coldwarconversations.com slash the word episode and the number 22. If you like what you are listening to, please do join our vibrant Facebook discussion group. Just search for Cold War Conversations and do leave reviews with your podcast provider. Special thanks to Sydney17 and Little Derek who have kindly left some really good reviews on iTunes recently. Thank you very much for listening and supporting the podcast. It is really appreciated. Goodbye. Not enjoying the ads? Well, you can avoid them by going to coldwarconversations.com slash donate. By becoming a monthly or annual supporter, you'll enjoy ad-free listening, become a part of our community, receive the sought-after Cold War Conversations drinks coaster, and bask in the warm glow of knowing that you're helping to preserve Cold War history. Just go to coldwarconversations.com slash donate for more information.